This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, as usual with me in studio. My co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Uh, it's always a nice drive down the DVP at this time of year. Yeah, not many uh, guys on the road. Eh? Especially at 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning or 7.30 on a Sunday morning. It's actually uh, it's quite an enjoyable drive, so it's great to be here on a Thanksgiving Day weekend, Canadian Thanksgiving. And um, I know you've been uh, following the Leafs uh, this week, Naz, and it's been, uh, it's been a fantastic week in, in uh uh, in Leafland, uh, but just give our listeners a roadmap for the show. Uh, we'll be talking about, uh, we'll be talking to uh, Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs after our first break. I'm sure his voice is probably a bit sore. He's called enough this goals week. this weekend. There's a, a bit of a few holy Mackinaws this week <laughs> anyways. Uh, so it's, we're looking, we're thrilled to be able to talk to Joe again. Middle of the hour, uh, uh, Leaf historian, NHL archivist, Paul Patsku. Uh, Paul uh, knows hockey history like no one else, uh, really, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, he's a pretty passionate gentleman when it comes to hockey history, and we want to talk a little bit about the recent additions to Legends Row. Of course, we're talking about the Big M, Frank Mahovlich, uh, Charlie Conacher, uh, Not Forgotten, uh, one of the great Leafs from the early years, Red Kelly, beloved Red Kelly, and of course, Wendell, Wendell Clark. And uh, we've got a call into, we've got our fingers crossed, uh, chatted with him by text yesterday, hoping he can squeeze out 10 minutes for us this morning because he's in Niagara Falls, Ontario this morning. We're of course talking about the Turk, Derek Sanderson. He's in town to do, ho- he's in Niagara Falls to do uh, hometown hockey. And if you're listening in Niagara Falls, Ontario, uh, he's uh, he's doing some events that are in Niagara Falls today, signing some autographs. Derek Sanderson, we're hoping, uh, we're hoping he can squeeze ten minutes for us around nine forty. We've got our fingers crossed. We'll be in touch. Anyways, Naz, the Toronto Maple Leafs are off to an interesting start. Uh, your your thoughts about uh, the two uh, two results that we achieved this week? Well, the very good results. One seven two win against Winnipeg and then the other one last night, eight five against the Rangers. Um, finding that uh the league scoring is up quite a bit from the from uh last year a lot. And it has to do with the fact that the stick infractions are being called now. And there's a lot of power play goals and I think the Leafs are in perfect position. If this is the way they're gonna call it this year, the Toronto Maple Leafs will go to the Stanley Cup because they have the most talent up front, and they're very hard to stop. And when they go to the they go to the power play, they're so good 
that uh, they'll outscore teams. And the Oilers were like that in the 80s, and they're, they're reminiscent of those teams, and it's interesting. Pretty bold prediction, Naz. Leafs well, going to Stanley Cup. Uh, Naz, uh, usually at this point of the show, I announce the paraphernalia that you're wearing. you got your Leafs hat on. you got your Bill sweater. Uh, but uh, I'll let you finish your thought on uh, Leafs going to the Stanley Cup. Well, the way they're calling it now, uh, you know, look at Ovechkin in, in Washington. In two games, he has seven goals. And you, got, you, can't, you can't stop that guy because he's so big and strong. And then you put him on the power play, and they can't touch him there either. Like, they're calling penalties right after one after another on these infractions. And it, it helps the Leafs, who are very talented up front, and Washington Capitals are very talented up front. The Oilers are, uh, you know, McDavid aside, not as talented as the Leaf and, um, and Washington forwards. And Chicago has great talent, too. Look at their scores. They scored 10 against uh, Pittsburgh. They scored five last night against Columbus. They're going to be there, too. And that's, if the NHL is going that way, those teams are going to be very strong. Well, de- definitely the NHL is going the way of uh, of skill. Uh, I mean, the uh, the enforcers don't exist in the game anymore. Um, I just think it's early season. Uh, scoring will be up. Uh, I think the coaching is much too good in the NHL that uh, you're going to continue to see these uh, eight uh, eight five games or seven four games or ten one games. Uh, uh, I, I just think when things settle down a bit, uh, things will return to what I call a little bit more normal. I don't think the, these coaches have lost, have forgotten how to teach defense or how to teach neutral zone traps and all the other things that have made uh, hockey boring at times over the last 15, 20 years. But, um, yeah, I mean, the skill level, the one thing you have to, we have to acknowledge is the skill level of players entering the NHL is, and we talked to Adam, I remember talking to Adam Oates about this a couple of times. We talked to Adam Oates. Um, uh, the skill level of these, uh, you want to call them kids, young men, at the age of 18, 19 is pretty remarkable. Uh, I mean, you always had talented 18, 19 year olds. You always had the Bobby Orr's. Uh, I was going to say the Guy Lafleur's, but in those days they didn't come in for for that period of time. They didn't come into the NHL till they're twenty. Um, but they were always exceptional players. Uh, it just seems that the talent pool of highly skilled young eighteen, nineteen years old has increased exponentially. And these these are, these kids coming in now basically have all the tools. They can skate, they can shoot, they have it between the ears, they're smart hockey players. Um, and overall, from top to bottom, um, unless you're extremely highly skilled in, in most departments, uh, you can't play in the NHL nowadays. Yeah. yeah. And you look at last night, the Rangers don't match up against the Leafs at all. I mean, look at the talent between the two teams. Uh, to be uh, honest, Rangers are Rangers are, are were a decent are team. Are we getting it? You know what? As you know, no, no, I, no. And, I, and, I, and I, I, I almost, I almost get the sense. You know, I acknowledge. You know, Nylander. My my, Jim Marner had a bit of a tough game last night. Matthews, uh, some of the other guys, uh, Connor, Connor Brown. 
you know, Jake Gardner, that goal he scored last night. I mean, that's just pure yeah, skill. He, he's tough to you, watch yeah. at times ago. You know, he's, he's, he, if he's... there isn't a higher risk-reward guy <laughs> in the NHL than Jake Gardner, I, I don't know who it is. Oh, my God. I mean, God. I, I've been critical of Jake Gardner on this show, more so from a defensive perspective. I have to acknowledge some incredible offensive gifts that Jake Gardner has. And apparently he's... Uh, you know he's got he's got Mike Babcock's full confidence, and that's that's quite an achievement uh, from where he was uh, two three years ago. Um, so certainly the Leafs from top to bottom they they can be pretty relentless when they bring it to another team. But are we getting ahead of ourselves? I don't no. want and I want to ask no. Joe. I, I, remind me if I forget to ask this question, I want to ask Joe Bowen this question: Are we getting ahead of ourselves here, Naz? It's two games. You know, they, they, they didn't make the playoffs last year till the second last night of the season. Uh, it actually was the last four minutes of that Pittsburgh game, and we remember it very well because there's pictures floating around of us celebrating uh, at your son's wedding, by the way. Um, and, I mean, they just barely made the playoffs. They had a good run against Washington, uh, no question. They've had a good first week of the season, uh, really good last three, four preseason games. But it's an 82-game season, and, and you know, a lot of things happen in an NHL season between goalies getting hurt, and I don't—let me, let me tap wood here on, on the desk. Uh, defensemen getting hurt, and, you know, I, I, you know, the expectations have gone to a—you know, have, have just gone to a completely different level with this team. Are we way ahead of ourselves here? No, I don't think so. I don't think so because the Leafs are talented and everybody's talking about it. You, you talk to people in New York. You talk to people in Chicago. You talk to people in Washington. You talk to—you hear Bruce Boudreau talking about the least talent. You can't—everybody's talking about the least talent, so we're not getting ahead of ourselves. And they have the best coach in the National Hockey League, so why are you talking ahead of yourself? They're that good. Now, will they go undefeated? No, because you're going to go into streaks, obviously. No, wait, right? Undefeated. Obviously, okay, yeah. so let me. You're, you're, been, you're, just, I, I call. I'm I, just pointing. Your middle name is Predictor. Okay, yeah. you're the prediction guy. Where are the Leafs? Give me a, give me an idea how many, uh, what their record prediction on their record finish, and where they're going to finish. Uh, they will finish with 108 points. Wow! And they, will, and they will challenge Tampa Bay for the Eastern Conference title. That's what it's going to be. Pretty bold prediction, S. Yeah. Well. I call it the way I see it, right? Perfect. And I hope you're right. I will be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> your, your, your percentage is pretty good, better than mine, so I'll give you credit. Anyways, uh, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back after the break with the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. 
Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 and simulcasting in downtown Toronto on 96.7 FM. Live streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Nazawali Sports Hour, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. Good morning. How are you this morning, Joe? Good, guys. How are you today? We're doing great, Joe. We're, we're a little bit concerned about you, to be honest. Uh, we're not sure your voice can last the entire year at, at, no, the, at no, the rate that we're going. You're realizing you're talking to a professional broadcaster, <laughs> one who looks after oneself, one who uh, protects the uh, uh, the jewels of the trade, and uh, so long as Crown Royal is still being uh, produced, I should be fine. Anyways, uh, all kidding aside, Joe, we, uh, we hope you take all your throat lozenges this year because we think you're going to be announcing a lot of Toronto Maple Leaf goals. We've had a, we've had a whole bunch so far, and uh, as, uh, as we usually say, we thoroughly enjoy listening to your broadcast. You bring so much passion, Joe. But uh, I was having this little bit debate with Naz in the uh, first five minutes of the show. Are we getting a little ahead of ourselves, Joe? Oh, God, no. <laughs> the playoffs start tomorrow and the parade is next week. Why would you suggest that we're getting ahead of ourselves? No, of course not, gentlemen. This is all just perfect. I mean, I guess you have to be. I mean, this is game two. Um, there's, there's, there's too many variables that can, can go on, and, and uh, they're obviously not going to score this many goals on a given night. Um, teams are going to start playing much better defensively. They're going to have to figure things out. They're going to have to play better defensively themselves. Um, but I, I don't think that it, it certainly hasn't done anything to uh, temper the the enthusiasm that everybody has for this group. And, and I think that's that's something that any hockey fan has to enjoy. It's interesting when we talk to other broadcasters or other team members or whatever, they always say, you know what, if, uh, if, if we are – got nothing to do at night and we're going to watch a hockey game we always try to watch or listen to uh, the leaf game because it's going to be entertaining and um you know for the amount of money that uh, maple leaf sports and entertainment is uh, is able to charge per ticket you better get your money's worth and right now i think everybody is certainly getting uh, every dime of it worth because uh, these kids are playing well they're exciting to watch uh, they're exciting at both ends of the rink 
Um, the coaching staff is going to be gray by the end of it, but <laughs> I remember a couple of seasons ago when Dougie Carpenter had a game and his whole philosophy was score one more than the other guys and see what happens. Joe, uh, the Leafs win 8-5, and Van Riemsdyk, Marlowe, Nylander, and Matthews do not score. What does that tell you about the Leaf depth? Well, obviously it tells you a great deal. Um, I, I think that when you when you consider that they have a 20-goal scorer in Connor Brown playing on the fourth line, it, it says a lot. And then when you consider that you've got people like Kapanen and others down on the Marlies, uh, Soshnikov, who probably uh, could play on a fourth or third line on a lot of other National Hockey League teams, it tells you a great deal about the depth of the organization. So, um they don't have to have the big guys going all the time in order to win. And uh, they have three uh, real, real good offensive units that uh, can light it up any night. And they've got a fourth line that is going to chip in and did, did so when Dominic Moore scored last night. So um, having said that, their depth is, is, uh, is something that is going to be a very key contributor to their success this year. And as long as they stay healthy and, are able to put those uh, units together out on a on a regular basis. They're going to be just fine, but um, they they have a, an enormous amount of depth. There's no two ways about it, and they they can all score. And that is a a nightmare for the other coaching staff to decide. All right, our first pair of defense. Who are they going to play against? And uh, it'll be interesting to see as things go on whether that decision from the opposing team uh, is fluctuated at all. Joe, I'm noticing on the stick infractions, they're calling everything, the slashes, the little slashes they're calling penalties on. And it looks like the scoring is up in the NHL. It is up quite a bit from uh, last year. Do the two coincide? Well, I don't think there's any question about it. You, 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 can't, uh, you can't just, as the guy gets by you, give him a good whack on the stick or on the hands or on the, on the arm or whatever. So any team that has an abundance of speed that is uh, able to get outside is probably going to deliver some sort of a scoring chance immediately upon uh, getting to even with the defenseman. So um, it, it has put a, a, an enormous amount of pressure on the defense to be able to skate. Uh, and you've got to be able to turn and accelerate in a big-time hurry in order to try and cut the guy off from doing some damage by getting around you. So... Uh, I, I think all of the of the the rules are a protecting people and b uh, opening the game up. And it's right now with a team like Toronto with its outside speed, uh, it's certainly going to be very beneficial. Uh, Joe, uh, the biggest I guess the big concern we all we, we we've all known that uh, this team was going to score in bunches, and we all know the talent level up front. I guess the concern's always been. The defense, um, your assessment of um, what you've seen from from the D in the first two games, and uh, if there isn't a bigger risk-reward guy in the NHL than Jake Gardner, let, let, let me know who he is. But, uh, I mean, just a phenomenal goal last night. But where, did, where are you seeing this D shaping up uh, in the grand scheme of things? Well, I think we've got to give them the, the benefit of the doubt from last night. I thought they played exceptionally well against Winnipeg. Uh, their penalty killing was absolutely uh, terrific, and that is a lot of defensive work um, in that game. Now, last night, um, the fact that they got the big lead early, and I think everybody thought, okay, we can just kind of coast from here, and we'll just pile it on. 
uh, they got a rude awakening because the New York Rangers fought their way back to get back into the game. And that's, that is something they're going to have to guard against. But I, I think, I think we need a bigger sample size, uh, before we start, uh, carving or, or dissing any part of their defense corps. Um, Frederick Anderson was, should have been a game star in, in, uh, Winnipeg. Um, last night, maybe one that was questionable, but I mean, he, he, I think he's played well as well. But last night's game, I think you have to kind of put that up on the shelf and say, boy, that was a lot of fun, but let's get back to real hockey. Joe, uh, this team reminds me a bit of the 80s Oilers, the way they play. Do you uh, agree with that? Well, we've got to see a lot of them, obviously, and, and, and the game changed that with that group. Um, I don't think there's any question about it uh, until until there's four more Stanley Cup banners <laughs> from the Raptors. It's going to be pretty tough to, to compare. But I, I think that the, the comparison of, of them being able to score and having the depth to score, although, I mean, Gretzky was the catalyst of that team. Uh, it would have been interesting to see what that team would have been like had he been playing elsewhere. Um, but that was just one, I mean, just an anomaly. That The talent of that one young man uh, just filtered through that organization. And um, that's the kind of creativity that the Leafs are hoping they have in a, in a number of players. Uh, but I don't think any of them are going to ever get anywhere close to, to the kind of uh, production that uh, Wayne Gretzky produced in the 80s. But, but, you know, the game was different. The goaltenders were smaller. Uh, there, there was a lot of things that were conducive to offensive scoring back then and um, now you know they're trying to to open the game up allowing more of that to happen so uh, your comparison may be you know somewhat uh, applicable depending on how things work out this year. Uh, Joe uh, a, a big event of obviously in Leaf uh, in Leafland this week and I know you're involved in in the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs top 100 Legends Row and of course some four four special individuals were uh, were put into Legends Row, and I don't. We've got Paul Patsku coming on right after you to talk about it. We don't want to steal his thunder, but uh, Charlie Conacher, Frank Mahovlich, Wendell Clark, Red Kelly, um, very briefly, uh, very deserved uh, nominations for Legends Row. Uh, very quickly, your thoughts on on their uh, their admission. Well, long time over uh, uh, coming. Um, Charlie Conacher was, um, I mean, uh, the unfortunate part about it is not an awful lot of people are alive that remember or, or saw Charlie Conacher play. But he led the league in scoring five times. And there, there hasn't been very many players who have done that uh, in the history of the sport. And so um, he was uh, absolutely well-deserving of being there. Red Kelly eight Stanley Cups, four in Detroit, four in Toronto. Oh, yeah, he won the Norris Trophy, was the best defenseman in the league. And then, oh, just a minute, we're going to play forward and play with Frank Mahovlich and turn him into a, a prolific scorer as well. Uh, for the two of them to go in together, I think, was a very fitting tribute. And Wendell Clark, in a, in a period of time, uh, the 80s, that was uh, um, dismal and dark and gloomy, brought the light back to uh, the organization and then, of course, was part of the, the magical run in the early 90s. So um, uh, I think all four were uh, 
huge additions to Legends Row. Um, you know one thing, guys, and, and <laughs> I, I was there and watching, and I watched these guys go up to that podium, all of them, and everyone sat and gave them a very nice round of applause. And I thought, this was Montreal, and someone of Red Kelly's ilk went to the microphone. Do you not think they'd be on their feet? And our audience sometimes in Toronto, I know Toronto the good and everything else, but we don't embrace things sometimes that I think that should be embraced more so. And I, I wish they had gotten up and given them the ovation that they, they richly deserved. And unfortunately, we even see that when some of these guys are announced at the Air Canada Centre, where everybody politely sits and gives them a very nice round of applause when they should be on their feet and it should be a deafening roar when someone like a Red Kelly is introduced, regardless of whether you are old enough to remember to see him play or whether it's just from what your father or grandfather told you about what this gentleman was like and how exciting it was to watch him participate and be a part of the Leaf Nation. So... Um, I, I'm, I'm giving I'm giving our crowd a little bit of a, a barb here, maybe, and maybe a pin to sit on to uh, get off get off your duck, get up on your feet, give these people the ovation they richly deserve, um, because uh, uh, it's something I think that any other organization would do. Uh, Joe, you're you're preaching to the converted here. We've been saying that for years, and uh, thank you very much for those comments. Well spoken, well said, uh, absolutely. Uh, Joe, we're going to have to let you go. Thanks so much for joining us. And one last, uh, one last point. Uh, Irish are looking pretty good, my friend. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. We can run the ball down anybody's throat. And as long as Georgia keeps winning, that we're looking good. Doesn't look all that bad. October twenty-first. I've got it circled in my calendar. The Trojans. Yeah. I think we're yeah. taking them this year, Joe. I think you're right. I think it's going to be a whale of a game, but they bet they uh, are. Uh, we got a nice bye week here to get ready yep. for them. I was very impressed with our backup quarterback yesterday, too, so I think we've got some pretty good depth. Joe, the signature game this weekend is Dallas Green Bay, your assessment. Well, I hate the Cowboys, so we're <laughs> going to go down there and just thump the hell out of them. Okay. And I'm, I get so annoyed as the owner of the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> One of the owners, Joe. Jones, Jerry Jones does not return my phone call. All I want to do is borrow his plane for a couple of days, but I never get a return call. It's either a very bad secretarial pool they have down there or he's snubbing me. Joe, we're going to let you go. We've got Paul Pats going the line, and uh, we've got to get to that. So, uh, once again, we thank you. We appreciate it. It's always a pleasure listening to you. Most of the time, I tune out to TV, and I just listen to you on the radio. So, uh, uh, keep up the good work, my friend. We really appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate that. Say hello to uh, Paulie for me. He's one of the uh, the real gems and jewels of uh, hockey history, that's for sure. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, that was, of course... That, of course, was Joe Bowen, and uh, is quite a character. Uh, it's always, always, always a pleasure. And uh, I tweeted, I tweeted last night uh, watching the Leaf Ranger game, especially in that first period. I, I said, you know what, we need, we need Bob Cole uh, doing some of the doing some of the Saturday night Leaf games. Um, and and we've talked to him on the show, and he does. I think he he said one time he'd he'd, he'd love to be doing some Leaf games again, and. Uh, and we've got to get Joe Bowen back on TV during the week. It's just, I mean, these these guys just bring an, an excitement level to why, especially especially with this Leaf team. 
You know, they uh, they would bring they may just it just be such entertainment being able to listen to Joe Bowen on television and also Bob Cole doing NHL uh, Toronto Maple Leaf games again. Anyways, we've had uh, Paul Patsku on the line for a while. We won't hold up anymore. Hold him up anymore. Paul is uh, a very, very respected uh Sports research and video archivist. He's done some work with the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, we've done. Uh, we've been privileged to uh, see some of his work. Uh, a passion for the history of hockey, uh, especially for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I would say he's a co-author with Mike Wilson and Lance Hornby in a fantastic book. If you're looking for something for Christmas, it's a book of a collection of of, of Toronto Maple Leaf memorabilia. It's called Inside the Room. I've got I've got a couple of copies of it. Managed to get mine signed by Dave Keon, who incidentally was in the house last night. Yeah, he was. Didn't know he was in town, and it was great great to see pictures of him. But uh, want to get Paul on the line. Paul, are you with us? I'm right here. Thank. Listen, Paul. Sorry, sorry for keeping you on the line. Uh, oh, no, I was enjoying listening to Joe, my buddy Joe, yeah. a Green Bay Packer owner. He's one of the owners of the team. Well, he thinks he owns the whole team, but I, I don't. Want, <laughs> I, I don't want to. You know, I, I don't. I don't want to have that debate with him. I, uh, but uh, he's a proud Green. He does uh, Green Bay Packers, are, of course, are a team that you can actually buy shares in, if I'm not mistaken. And Joe's a passionate uh, uh, Leaf fan. But we want to get over to you, Paul. Uh, you know, you are. Um, I have the highest respect for your work. Well, thank you. Uh, to all our listeners out there, if, if uh, you know, find Paul Patsko on the internet. He's got uh, he's got a Facebook page. He posts some great uh, some great hockey archival material. I don't know where you find this stuff, Paul, but God bless you. Uh, I, I always I always. Uh, go on to your Facebook site just to see what's there, and I'm constantly amazed at what you come up with. And we want to talk about this week, a very important week in Toronto Maple Leaf history. That, of course, is the the last the most recent Legends Row announcements. Charlie Conacher, Frank Mahovlich, Red Kelly, Wendell Clark. We had a brief chat with Joe Bowen about it, but. Uh, you know, the name in that, uh, that I wouldn't say it's forgotten, uh, certainly not forgotten uh, who, for people who have a, an appreciation of, of hockey history, but perhaps the last couple of generations really don't know the, uh, the great, great hockey player and talent that Charlie Conacher was in the early Maple Leaf years. Take, take a little bit, uh, take a couple of moments here and share with our listeners, Paul, um, Charlie Conacher, tell us a little bit about him. Well, well, Charlie is a member of the famous Conacher family. He wasn't the only hockey player from the family that was uh, was a great player, but uh, he, he he led the league in scoring, and he was probably the first um, true power forward. I mean, he could do it all. He, he he was he was big for his time. First time, he got that moving shot. He's part of that great line with Primo and Jackson. They. they you know, he just had that flair about him, and he, you know, back in those days when he's driving around Toronto in the, those open cars—I forget what they call them now—but uh, he, and he doing commercials back then. He, he was the, he was the Toronto Maple Leaf. I, I'm just surprised he didn't make the top ten in the top 100. I know I had him in there, and I know a lot of people did. And the family, when they found out he wasn't in the top ten, well, they let us know. Because that uh, that's a proud family there, and uh, they know his contributions. 
What about uh, we have Red Kelly? Red Kelly was a player that uh, was an all-star in both both on D and forward. Tell me a bit about Red Kelly. Well, Paul. one thing to know about Red Kelly, everybody when he came and and Punch made him into a centerman, and he actually helped you know the Big M to score all those goals. When they won the cup in 1967, and Punch always put red between the the younger players by that time. You know, he said, well, I'm going to put you between Jeffrey and Ellis or Conacher, Brian Conacher and Ellis. But the telling thing about when Red Kelly left was that the Leafs just won the Stanley Cup, and the next year they missed the playoffs. And Punchumek always said, if I only had Red Kelly that year after they won the Cup, they would not have missed the playoffs. He was that valuable to them. Maybe not as scoring at that point, but with the overall play and influence in the dressing room. And that tells me something. You know, when he left, the whole team went down. We underestimate him also. He was a pretty good coach, wasn't he? With the yes, he was. And uh, he, he had them going. Uh, he, he, it was a tough in the 70s. He, I mean, he had them really close, but they were up against the Philadelphia team with intimidation and everything, and the Leafs didn't have the depth in defensemen. They had lost a couple of defensemen, and as Red says, I didn't have anybody replaced them. that. If I had another defenseman, we would have beaten Philadelphia in those playoffs. Uh, talking to Paul Patsku, Paul, um, going to the whole Legends Row uh, idea, um, I'm sure you were involved, you've been involved in it. Um, um, and it's been, we, you know, we're up to quite a few players here. Give us an idea where you anticipate this might go in the future, whether we're going to take a break here. Uh, are there any other uh, candidates that you can see uh, uh, being strong candidates for admission? And my, uh, my pet peeve about this Legends Row, and I want your comments on it, um, I think you need a coach and an owner. And... I think it's time for Punch and for Conn Smythe. Your thoughts? Yes, uh, I'm wondering if they should um, have a separate area for builders, coaches, even broadcasters like Foster Hewitt. Uh, good, great them. point there too, Paul. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, see, um, Conn Smythe, that, that, he has to be recognized somehow there. And Hap Day, was there a long time, player, coach, general manager, King Clancy, and I know the family would love to have King Clancy represented. He was a, a great player, coach, general manager, and he was there an awful long time. So, yeah, they should have something of him, but as far as Punch Imlac goes, well, he had a, a great stint the first time, not so good the second time, sort of ruffled a few feathers. If you, yeah, I'm sort of on the fence on that one, because uh, there may be some animosity uh, still left. Uh, maybe not at this point, but um, four Stanley Cups, yeah, you would think that. And uh, But Hap Day had just as many, so I would, if you're going to consider Punch Imlach, you should consider Hap Day as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Paul, uh, I know that you're working or, or involved in, in, a, in a special project. Uh, it's the Top 100 Documentary. Uh, tell us a little bit about that project. Well, it, the centennial season for the Leafs is also for the NHL, and right now we're working on 
a film called NHL at 100. A Stanley Cup one has been completed, and the Stanley Cup vignettes or the player vignettes have been um, ongoing as well with the NHL. The NHL 100 is starting from 1917 and the early hockey, and, and the fun is trying to find the old footage from that time to, to show the people. What I like to do is have um, video that has never been seen before. Now, you can only do so much in a in one episode, but uh, it's fun. And, and and going back to the Facebook, I always try to put something on that has a backstory to it that people haven't seen or or known. And that that's you know it's educating the players on Leaf history or NHL history, and it's something I I do enjoy doing. I have access, so I might as well share it with the people. You've seen a lot of Leaf teams in, over in the past. How does this one? the current Toronto Maple Leafs compared to the past teams? And how that, good are uh, they? Winning teams? Yes. Yes, well, <laughs> I had a little chuckle when Stanley Cup uh, parades are being um, organized now, but uh, this team is good. <laughs> it's a good offensive team, young team, but what makes it impressive is that you have the coach and the management and ownership now that um, they know what they're doing. I mean, you can have confidence that they're not going to make any bad moves like in previous administrations. So uh, you have everything here. Um, it is a bit early. You have to lose t t to win, and I think they did that already last year, which is unexpected. We didn't think they'd make the playoffs the first year with all those rookies, but they know what it is to lose now. So that's what happens with uh, great teams. And uh, I don't know about Stanley Cup, but um, it's sure exciting to watch. But I'll tell you one thing. They, last night at the game, they were up 5-1, and it, it was tied 5-5, and they were pretty <laughs> lethargic in the second period. Now, if they had lost that game, you see, so that would have been a real downer. So I wouldn't. Uh, I think their defense needs to tighten up, and everybody knows that. Anyways, we've been talking to Paul Patsku. Uh you know, we're talking about parades. I, I think I'm going to go on StubHub today and see if they've already selling tickets for the Maple Leafs parade. I'm gonna, <laughs> I want to, I want to get it at a low price. Yeah. Uh, but uh, all kidding aside, uh, we're going to let you go, Paul. But before we let you go, I just want to remind our listeners: if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and you're and you're uh, and you love Toronto Maple Leaf memorabilia, Paul uh, contributed to a book with Mike Wilson and Lance Hornby. It's called Inside the Room. You can find it at Indigo. It's online. It's at Chapters. It's a fabulous, fabulous book. Uh, if you're passionate about the Toronto Maple Leafs and their history, it's a great Christmas present or uh, present coming up for the for the holiday season. And Paul, all we're going to say is thank you so much, and uh, look forward to uh, seeing more and more and more of your fantastic material. Keep up well, the good work. Thanks for having me. And all the kind words. It's, it's great. Thanks so much, Paul Patsku. Uh, we're going to go to break, and we've been managed to confirm our producer has spoken with Derek Sanderson, and we're going to have Derek Sanderson on the show right after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian if you like a sausage. You can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer, and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language, no matter where you are from. Call Pizzaville at 736-3636. 
or visit pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Boston Bruins legend, Derek Sanderson. Good morning, Derek. How are you, sir? Morning, boys. I uh, kind of was listening to your promo there, thinking, oh, yeah, it's a pretty good show, man. I mean, well, tune in. Uh, Derek, you're, you're more than welcome to tune in. Uh, we got a pretty strong signal on this uh, on this station. You right. might you may right. be able to hear us in Boston. It, it, go, it travels pretty far. Derek, I know... Uh, I know I introduced you as a Boston Bruins legend, but and I know you played for a lot of other teams, uh, but in my mind, you are always a Boston Bruin. Um, yeah, me too. That's the same. I mean, I, that's what I relate to. Is I, I, they owned me early, and I was gonna if I was gonna make the National Hockey League, it would have been with them. So yeah, I I think of myself as a Bruin. Uh, Derek, I know that you're back in Niagara Falls today. Because yeah. uh, Hockey Night in Canada, or um, they're doing hometown hockey, which yeah. is they go around the country on Sunday mm-hmm. nights and they do special events and they pick a generally a small town, but this year they're they're going into some bigger uh, bigger places. But they're in Niagara Falls today, and of course, yeah. if, if if Derek Sanderson is uh, if when I think Derek Sanderson, I think the Boston Bruins. But I got to be honest with you, Derek, I almost think the Niagara Falls Flyers. Before yeah. even I, uh, even yeah. more than the even more than the Boston Bruins because I remember you. Uh, we used to trundle down to Maple Leaf Gardens on Sunday afternoons, uh, Toronto Marlies, Niagara Falls Flyers, and I remember this fantastic junior hockey player called Derek Sanderson, who for one year in Canada, oh, <laughs> for one year was considered the best junior hockey player in Canada. He plays on some fantastic teams in Niagara Falls, the Flyers. It was a special age in junior A hockey in the 60s in Canada. I just want to ask you, Derek, 
Yeah. We've chatted before. There's still there's so much still small town Ontario in you. You, you, you found fame, you found glory, you've probably lived five lifetimes in one lifetime, and it's not over no. yet by any means. But how special is it to you when you go back to Niagara Falls? You go back to Niagara Falls, it's great. I mean, it's, it's where my roots are. You don't really think, especially Canadians. I'm still a Canadian citizen. I uh, would never give it up. I would never kind of give up my hometown. I'm glad to be back. My friend and I are playing golf on uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, so uh, he was my goalie all my life, Tommy Cottinger, and we're going to have some fun, and it's great to be back. What, what events are you doing in Niagara Falls? I think you're doing some autographs. Right, I know I'll, I know we have listeners. Know, I, Go ahead, Derek. Yeah. What, what, what events right. are you doing in Niagara Falls today? I know we have listeners in Niagara Falls. Just give them an idea. I, I think you're doing well, some if autographs. You come down to the, yeah, if you come down to the uh, parks, the Niagara Parks, down by the falls itself, uh, the Scotiabank has put up a big thing, and they have a – uh, uh, they're giving the Niagara Falls uh, minor hockey seventy five hundred dollars. They're giving Welland, Ontario, uh, just down the road a bit seventy five hundred. It's how they're touching Canadians, and it's a it's a special thing that they. I love this little tour. I just found out about it yesterday, and uh, it's just terrific. They, they're gonna they've touched a million kids already in Canada. So you got to think that's pretty good. They their marketing sense is that uh, Scotia Bank uh, wants to treat Canadians well and get to know them. And the best way to get to know them is through hockey. So I like the logic. Derek uh, Niagara Falls was affiliated to Boston back in the junior days, correct? How yeah. young were you when they owned your rights? I'm just curious. They bought me when I yeah they bought me when I was 11. 11 years and they old. They gave my wow. dad 100 dollars for my pro rights, which they call the C form. And uh, Harold Cotton got my dad, signed him, gave him $100, said we'd like to look at your boy, be play, have your boy's future. And he said, okay. And that, at, that 11, 12 years old, you don't really think you're going anywhere. So uh, you take it. It's like bragging rights in the neighborhood. But uh, it, uh, that, one, that one filled out. They bought Bob Yard, too. They bought a lot of us. There's no draft back then. <laughs> you, just, uh, you just signed a C form. Derek, I want to, I wanna, I mean, obviously, um, you, you've been, you, you started, uh, in small town, Ontario. You went, you went, yep. you went to some pretty high levels, a lot of money, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of different negative things in your life. And I don't necessarily want to dwell on those today. I want to dwell no. on the positive today because uh-huh. the Derek great. Sanderson story, uh, changed and people have to remember, um, that you were, and it's almost for, I wouldn't say forgotten, but it, talking to you reminds me of how great of a hockey player you were. You were a damn good hockey player. Uh, And it sort of got lost. It sort of got lost in all of your other trials and tribulations. But you were a damn good hockey player. Uh, Best junior player in Canada in your year. You went to the top in 1980. I mean, you had some really tough times. Uh, In fact, uh, and and I know you're not embarrassed to say this because you turned it all around. They found you on the streets in New York. Yep. And a, couple of times. a couple of times you had you sobered up, and I want you to talk about a gentleman who's revered for being the greatest hockey player of all time. But we want you to talk about that he wasn't just the greatest is, hockey is, player of all time. Is Bobby Orr Bobby is Orr. a hockey player? Yeah, Bobby Orr as as great as he is as a player, he's far better as a person. He's the type of guy that uh, you're friends with him. He won't he won't ever turn his back on you. He'll help you. He'll find you. He's that type of guy, and he does it quietly. He doesn't. Uh, anything I said uh, uh, about Bobby and I has been from me. Bobby keeps 
his uh, life pretty tight, and, they, and he, and he uh, was a dear friend of mine since before we played, and then played well against each other, uh, not so much, and then we played with each other and became fast friends, and without uh, him helping me out, I wouldn't like to think where I might be. Derek, uh, name, name me some of the other players that uh, the listeners would know who played with you in Niagara Falls, just to, to tell us. Okay, no, we Freddie Stanfield did. won the Memorial Cup. There was uh, Jean Pronovo, who got 50-plus goals in Pittsburgh. There was Bill Goldsworthy. He's passed away since to get 50-plus goals in Minnesota. There was uh, Rosaire Pemon, got a great career in Vancouver. Uh, There's Jill Marat. Uh, there was Johnny Ivor. There was Ricky Lee. Uh, we had we had Bernie Perrant and Doug Favell in goal. What so a tandem that was. Ending. Yeah. And uh, we had a junior team. I, I would say I put that junior team up against anybody that ever that has ever played. That, that certainly was one of the great, it uh, was. great, great teams. Good team. Was was uh, was Hap M's behind the bench? Who was the coach of that team? No, at that time Hap M's uh, Bill Long was. Oh, Bill Long. Okay, yeah. Bill Long. He went there, ended up going to London, and uh, he was a great coach. So was Hap M's. I mean, Hap M's was a more of a mentor, manager, the manage the player attitude thing. Um, and Hap, and Bill Long did the actual coaching on the ice. Good goaltending, <laughs> Doug Favell and Bernie Perrant. Wow, that was yeah, a, yeah. And we had uh, yeah, uh, we uh, he's a, they were. I mean, Perrant was he. You wouldn't believe how good he was then in Favell. Uh, we had great goaltending, and uh, we had uh, great defense. Uh, we had some guys that could play, and uh, sometimes players peak in junior. And they're really good juniors, and they really don't go on after that. Uh, but we had a lot of those, too, guys that were just peaking and great. But went home, you get, they were married, they went home, they went away, and their lives change at 20. And then junior's over, and they go back about, you know, uh, just a regular life. But um, we, those of us that went on to play, it was, it was a great foundation. We're talking to Derek Sanderson. Derek, uh, still a great deal of camaraderie amongst your, those Niagara Falls junior days? Yes, uh, we're all together. I mean, there, there's things that we did uh, together that we never forget. Flamont Tremblay, I was uh, he was my right winger. I just went to uh, see him in, uh, in New Brunswick. Uh, so when when they ask people ask they can show up for something, we we usually do. Uh, talking to Derek Sanderson, Derek, uh, you turned it around, uh, and then yep. uh, you became a broadcaster. And I guess one of the more important things that you accomplished is you lectured about drug and alcohol abuse, uh, yep. and you and you constantly spread the message. Um, what is your message? What is it? What is it that well, you want to best, tell people? The best thing, first of all, and the most abused drug in the world is alcohol. Uh, nobody looks at it like a drug, but it is. Uh, it's a poison. It's an anesthetic. Uh, social drinkers are about 8% of the drinking population, so that's a pretty small area. But when you look at it, it, it works on you uh, to suppress feelings and emotions. It's its sole purpose. And once you accomplish that, then you feel pretty good about yourself. Not too many of us like all of us. You know, you don't like your height, your weight, your hair. You don't like what you look like, uh, how you dress, whatever. All those things, we feel badly about ourselves, and we shouldn't. You look I, into your heart. You got a good heart. Uh, worry not about the rest. That, That's that, all it's all about. Is being a good person. I recall the last time we chatted on the show, Derek. You were on. I think you were on the way to Florida. I think your son was going to college or something. And my 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 memory, my memory escapes me. But uh, you got married and had two sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Ryan. 
do, do you ever talk to them about um, father to oh, yeah. son about about oh, yeah. your life and your trials and tribulations? What do you tell them? What do you tell them? What I tell them is I'm an alcoholic, so it's a very good. It's a family. It's a family disease. I'm sorry to tell you because you're going to have a 300 percent greater chance of being an alcoholic just because of me. And they both were told, they both were educated about it. Uh, maybe a little too early. I went at them at five years old, <laughs> six and seven. But uh, just to give them a sense of it, not to drink. Uh, one doesn't drink at all. One drinks very rarely. So, uh, you know, if they can stay like that, you can, if you can deal with life uh, as it comes at you, uh, sober and awake and uh, alert, so you're a lot better off than letting it bounce in and bounce off walls and try to figure it out then. Anyways, we've been talking to Derek Sanderson. Derek, who's uh, in Niagara Falls, Ontario today, doing hometown hockey. He's down. Uh, you can there's Scotia some Bank. Scotia yeah. Bank sponsoring it. I know. I know. Uh, I was online, Derek, and I know you're doing some autograph signings. Uh, I think at noon and I think at three o'clock this afternoon. So you're yeah. involved in the yeah. events. Uh, it's a great day for Niagara Falls and. Uh, and uh, it's great. It's great. To, I guess I'm, I'm. I know you're back and forth, but uh, it's a big event, in Niagara Falls, and there could be no more hockey player associated with Niagara Falls than Derek Sanderson. No question in my mind, Derek. You know how we. You know how we feel about you. Uh, yes, I do. We yeah, love you. Great. We love. Uh, yeah. We love your story, and we love. Uh, uh, we love what uh, what you've done. Thanks so much. Well, you guys better be the guardians of the game here. Make sure that they don't change, change too many rules in this. <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, you're the guardians <laughs> at the gate. All right, then. I mean, you know, since we got you on the phone, uh, Derek, are you following the Toronto Maple Leafs at all? We've had it. Oh, I and I'll tell you. Yesterday, and I have signed autographs in, in, in around Ontario before, yeah. and there's the odd real diehard Leaf fan. You wouldn't believe the Leaf sweaters out there yesterday. People are proud of them, Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, <laughs> it was actually kind of funny, but uh, everybody was. Uh, I tell you what, that's going to be a great team. Uh, uh, Lou Lamorello and that—that's going to be a fabulous team. You watch; it's going to be winning for series for years to come. Uh, we're certainly excited about them, Derek. And uh, let's. Uh, oh, I got it. Last, last. Sorry, I got. I got to follow this up because we talked about it the last time. We got a, a minute left. Okay. Turk, the movie. Is that ever? Are yeah. we ever going to see it? Movie, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's still around, still kicking around. I, it's more difficult to do a movie than I thought. It's really, really very difficult. Uh, there are two entities now that want to do it. CBS Films wants to do it. They're they're different from uh, uh, television, but uh, it's a great, uh, yeah, very. It's in the works. It's just a matter of when they can get it together. It's tough to coordinate directors with the actors with. It's like taking a franchise and having uh, move forward. It has to move forward with a team, and, and I didn't realize that. It's a little more difficult than you think. Well, I can imagine. All I can say is, Derek, it would be a fascinating. It would be a fascinating movie. You've had a fascinating life, <laughs> and and it's uh, and it's just started. Let's put it that way, Derek. Thanks it so is. thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate. It. And hopefully, we can touch base in the near future. Appreciate it. Thank guys. Have fun Bye-bye. today. That, of course, was Derek Turk Derek Sanderson. Sanderson was the most liked guy for females in school. He was the 
best looking guy to all the girls. Oh, they, well. girls, they, they the girls Derek used to go crazy for Derek. I didn't Sanderson. want to tell him that while he was on oh, the air. I, you know what? What I what I what I love about what I love about Derek Sanderson, and we this is you know I've chatted with him off the air a couple of times trying to line him up for interviews and we've this is the second time we chat him with him on the air and I'll have to keep this short. We only have a minute left. He's 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 an incredibly genuine human being. He's not embarrassed to talk about his past. He's honest. He's honest about his past. He puts the message out there. He admits the mistakes he's made. And 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 there's a there's there's a there's an incredible amount of humanity in this in this gentleman. Uh, um, it's just you know he's made mistakes in his life. He acknowledges that. But he turned it around, got married to a beautiful woman, had two kids, raised two kids, led a, has led a productive life, and he talks about it. And you got to give a man credit for that. You admit your mistakes, you move on, and, uh, and a lot of people have helped him, and he's giving back some of this help. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to Derek. And talking about uh, uh, Derek, yeah, he... Uh, he, uh, he he certainly was the ladies' man back in the old days. Anyways, we're getting the ten second signal. Naz Bills, they're gonna win today. Let's go Bills. They're gonna win today. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Happy bit... Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy too. Thanksgiving to everyone. Be safe out there. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thanks so much. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.